Hey, this is Brando from Appetite for Distortion, a Guns N' Roses flavored podcast. And you're listening to Fox on the Wire. You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 69 of Fox on the Wire. We have a huge episode here for you today. And I'm lucky to be joined by a fellow podcaster over in New York City uh, on the other side of the world. There's a big time difference here, so it's late afternoon for him. It's early morning for me. We have Brando from the Guns N' Roses flavored podcast, Appetite for Distortion. Welcome, Brando. You know, I've never used that term, but I'm going to use it now, Craig. Guns N' Roses flavored because, yeah, it's um, Guns N' Roses. I call it themed. I don't want to call it exactly a Guns N' Roses podcast because we talk about, we go all these different areas. But, um, but yes, the area of today for User Illusion 1 and 2, it's going to be uh, fun. So thanks for having me on. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I've been a listener of your podcast for a couple of years now. And um, you do an amazing job. You have amazing guests on. And, um, I always love the questions that you put to your guests and, um, you know, like you, I love everything Guns N' Roses and uh, yours is the perfect podcast to get, you know, different takes from ex-managers and um, you've had Matt Sorum on uh, and even just aside to that, you've had Jerry Cantrell on there. So, yeah, excellent job, man, and I, I love your podcast and I'm stoked to have you on mine. So... Um, no, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I, I appreciate it because I've had, I, I've had Australian guests on, so I've had to figure out the time difference thing. And I'm, I'm very lucky uh, to do that because in my real radio life, I guess if you want to call it that, because um, in addition to the podcast, I have a radio job. I work for uh, Premier Radio Networks in, in New York City. And actually, oh, I wish I could remember her name. She's a very big, uh, she's a famous Australian uh radio host and she's part of a tandem like if you said her name i'd probably be like oh yeah her because this was a couple a few years ago pre-covid uh because she had was doing some business in new york and she would use our studios and i had to like her morning show was at night so i i've i've had to you know in my other life i've had to do all sorts of uh i'm unfortunate there but with the gnr podcast it just kind of came out like he's kind of I don't know, it was a, a side project, I guess, just for fun. And I've just been very lucky to get some of those guests that you've you've mentioned. I guess I've never imagined as already somebody in radio and to get to speak with Matt Storm, I never I never thought was was possible. Just as an an example, you know, from Matt Storm to to Pauly Shore, that's where I go with my my podcast. Wow. As long as it has a GNR flavor. Yeah, and um you've had their ex manager Doug Goldstein on a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, uh, Doug Goldstein, uh, Alan Niven. Yeah, wow. Uh, Vicky Hamilton has been on because she was their first manager, um, technically. And it's yep. been very interesting with those, <laughs> to be honest, those relationships. And I say that because I am not that kind of person. I don't know what people in Australia think of people in, in New York. Because <laughs> I've, I've already made this joke, and you probably heard it a million times if you speak... Uh, anyone who loves the Simpsons. That's just the episode that runs through my head all the time. You know, Homer going from Australia, America. 
So I have very stereotypical views of uh, an unfortunate, you know, uh, uh, of Australians sometimes because it's I'm, I'm, I grew up on Homer Simpson. So I don't know what Australians think of New Yorkers. I am not. I really don't have an ego like that. I'm like in therapy because I, I hate myself. I've been working on that forever. <laughs> One of the reasons why I identified with and love GNR because of, you know, uh, Axel, his, his, he, you know, him being in therapy. And so that's a whole other uh, side, uh, side thing. So, but when I got to speak with like Alan Niven, you know, we, he just some whatever liked me. And we got speaking about like mental health and we did a whole episode about mental health and how he was really depressed when he got fired from guns and roses. And it was after that, I didn't, I don't know who introduced me maybe to, to Doug Goldstein, how I came across him. But you know, when I, I interviewed these people, like they've been asked so many of the same questions and I don't know, maybe because I'm, I, I asked them questions about them as people and not just the salacious guns and roses or, you know, drug, sex and rock and roll stuff. They, uh, they tend to like me all, they'll talk to me off air about, or email me or text me, whatever, because I just don't have the ego. Like, Oh, I have a relationship with any of these people. Like Dave Mustaine, I've interviewed him twice. I guarantee you, he has no idea who I am. <laughs> and that's fine. That is like, that, that's absolutely, absolutely fine. But I've been fortunate. Like people like, again, Alan Niven and Doug Goldstein, who, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, I don't want to say I hesitate to say it. I just, there's a lot of work to be done. I'm actually working on his autobiography, which is just kind of, you know, I, I never thought that would ever happen. It's not going to be real to me until, you know, it's, it's published and everything, but it's yeah. been a work in progress this whole year. And uh, to think I'm doing that with an ex GNR manager because of the wow. podcast, just, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say anything yet like, until, you know, it's done. I don't want to say too much. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. That's, um, I mean, these are big players, you know, uh, in the music scene, you know, with one of our favorite bands, Guns N' Roses. So it's no small feat to just be able to have a conversation with these guys and, and get them on your podcast. I mean, um, you know, they divulge things and they know things that... Um, Many of us over the years, you know, before podcasts came along, were were dying to know. All we had were magazines and and books and biographies and stuff. And Guns N' Roses is one of those bands that you're always hungry to see more, to to find out more about the band members and such. You know, I grew up probably a similar time to you. Um, you know, sort of before the internet and that sort of thing, before YouTube, before everything was at our fingertips and um, all you had were the magazines that came out once a month or something like that and, you know, shitty VHS tapes that you had to go buy as a bootleg or something like that. So, and that's, uh, yeah, it just always made you hungry for more about a band like Guns N' Roses. So to get like Doug Goldstein and these sort of people on your podcast to give the backstory to what was going on at the time and like I heard him say, he was like sober through this whole thing. So he remembers, he remembered a lot from those days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, by the way, how old of a guy are you? Cause I, I think I may have underaged you cause you look <laughs> 38. Oh, we're the same age. Exactly the same age. I had a feeling we might be. <laughs> Look at that. All right. A couple 38 year olds talking about yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I remember, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're talking about. I remember 
the pre-internet. I really do. That's why I never want to consider myself a millennial. I remember, you know, yeah. the, a remote control with a, a cable attached to the TV. I remember, you know, that wasn't much of my life, but still. Um, it's just been, it was interesting, again, how, how it even happened. Because Guns N' Roses were always my, just my favorite band for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, I don't want to say for whatever reason. I obviously go into that in the early episodes of the podcast when I was like, why are, am I doing this or why are we doing this with my my then co-host but still current friend, uh, Ian Scotto. We were just you know a couple of radio guys, and he was doing a podcast with somebody you know with somebody who does special operations you know and like Navy SEAL, and he was actually making money off it. Mm. Podcasts have grown, and I'm sure everybody knows this have grown so much within just the last handful of years. Yeah. And even me, I was in radio. I didn't think much of like podcasts, you know, there are, there are very few that make it to me. It was like starting a band. Mm. Like it was just, you know, yeah, it'll be fun, but where's this going to go kind of thing. And he thought it would be fun because guns and roses hadn't reunited. Mm. Like it was just the rumors. And we just happened to start it at this perfect time where we both got super excited into it. And, you know, once, and it's interesting to see how much of the actual hard diehard fan base is a uh, quote unquote sick of all the touring, hmm. but he had enough talking about it, like 39 episodes into it. We had some pretty good guests on early on, which I was surprised by like Dave Kushner and Charlie Benanti of anthrax and, uh, the last episode Ian was on was uh, Deron Miller of CKY, which you, were, mm-hmm. if you recall, was the opener on the ill-fated 2002 tour. Yep. But we were getting nuggets along that, uh, just from the early episodes, and getting, I saw it getting picked up by news out like rock and roll news uh, online magazines, and uh, just to, I I made a decision. I'm like, I want to continue this as somebody who I like. I didn't realize how much I would like not just talking about GNR, um, but I knew, yeah, how much can you talk about that? This is my favorite song. Or we break down user illusion. We can do that. No, that could be a yearly thing, you know, to celebrate. But, you know, how much can we, I dragged that out. But just to see who is a Guns N' Roses fan and, you know, all the, as, as somebody who's in radio, think about all the behind the scenes people that goes into something. Mm. you know, all the technical people. And it's just been a fascinating ride. And, and yeah, to, to get those people like Alan Niven, who I was fortunate, I did some traveling this summer for the, um, I'm not much of a traveler, but I went to like kind of, I don't want to say West coast, but Midwest, uh, Arizona and Colorado, uh, and Utah. And I met up with Alan Niven in Arizona just for lunch, you know, wow. cause we had some sort of rapport and email uh, you know, not like we're BFFs. I'm not, again, I'm not the guy to pretend that I'm friends. I'm not Snapchatting Alan Niven. I'm not, you know, texting him. Did you see the last night's episode of, I don't know, scandal? Or no, no. Every, every conversation we have, I think is meaningful. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's created something. So yeah, uh, me and my fiance, my fiance and I went out to, to lunch with his wife and uh, him and his, uh, and his wife. And it was like, I'm really doing this with Alan, uh, with, excuse me, with, yeah, with, uh, with Alan Niven. And then with Doug Goldstein to, you know, I talked to him. I have to talk to him religiously now because of the book. But again, something else, I'm just, uh, I never thought because, Craig, I'm just the, the Guns N' Roses guy who likes talking about user illusion, who happens to work on radio. And this kind of path has happened 
And it's just been very cool to kind of meld the two lives, you know, things, my things I would normally be passionate about yeah, and my career. So it's been, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, man. Well, congratulations on, on everything. And, uh, I know you're probably only just getting started and, um, but yeah, I'm a, a regular listener to your show because of the guests you get on and because of yourself, you know, I, I like listening to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully, People who tune into this can move over to your podcast, Appetite for Distortion, and check out, go back and check out all the guests that Brando has had on um, over the time that the podcast has been active and um, and show him some love over there. It's it's so cool that we can do this from opposite sides of the world, yeah. um, come together for our mutual love of Guns and Roses. Um, on the podcast here, I've been, uh, this year in particular, I've been sort of focusing on certain albums that have, you know, as you would know, 1991 produced so many amazing albums. So they're all turning 30 this year. Um, So I've tried to cover a few of my favourites. And, of course, you know, the Use Your Illusion albums were always on that short list. Uh, And it's not just one album, it's, it's two massive albums. And I'm like, how do I even, where do I even start to cover this in one episode? Um... And I knew it was going to be quite an undertaking. And yeah, I thought of, I thought of you. You know, I'll send out the invitation. Um, you know, you probably more than anyone uh, would know more about this era of gunners than than anyone I know. So um, I'll send know you people. an invitation, and here we right. are. Yeah, I mean, you got to. Since we're both 38, though, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I I know a lot. I think I've learned a lot just from being a fan. And then, of course, doing certain interviews with people mm-hmm. like uh, Roberta Freeman, uh, you know, a lot of the 976 horn, you know, Tracy, uh, Tracy Amos. And I had um, Lisa Maxwell on and just to Gilby Clark. So to learn, you know, their perspective. Yeah, that's helped me. Mm. But I think I may have tweeted this recently. Like, I'm just I wish I experienced that live that era of guns and roses and i think you know that's how you truly know about that because i i my first concert uh like not first concert my first concert was uh teenage mutant ninja turtles at radio city music hall <laughs> but my first uh first guns and roses concert was uh 2002 because they were broken up by the time i became you know again i was I, so yeah i i try to this is the one thing that i've learned uh, and I try to get across. And since day one of the podcast, no matter who I interview, um, I, I, I absorb as much you know knowledge about this band as I can because I, I enjoy it. But I am not. There's no way to be an expert about this band. Mm-hmm. The only expert about Guns N' Roses is Axl Rose, and and even Doug Goldstein knows a lot. But it's yep. like he's still he's not Axl. So that's how I, I look at it. So I just want to say that also. A little disclaimer, I know a lot, but with, with Guns N' Roses, there's only one expert, and that's Axel. That's uh, W. Yeah. Axel Rose. <laughs> the man himself. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're here today to cover these two Use Your Illusion albums. Um, yeah, like I said, quite an undertaking. You know, it's not just one album. It's, it's two massive albums. And uh, both of these albums were released on the same day, September 17th. 1991 on Geffen Records and um you know that's 30 songs 150 minutes plus of uh of music on two massive albums 
have you got a favourite of of the two? One one or two is one your favourite. And by the way, through my uh, being crazy with the podcast, I had learned only because of it that they uh, user illusion one and two are almost the same exact length of time. Mm. I think there's like a 17 second difference. Right. So if he, cause think about it, like as somebody who's, I don't want to uh, light, uh, make light of it, but if I, as someone who's borderline OCD, <laughs> wouldn't you make the, uh, the end of like, don't cry longer or solo shorter <laughs> to make it, the album is equal in time. Anyway, uh, the favorite, <coughs> excuse me. I think that's the big question. Mm. Uh, I, I always just, I say use your illusion one because November rain is my favorite song. And I okay. think that's just where it, it goes. And yeah, I have a favorite song. That's kind of, for me, that's what introduced me to, to guns and roses, to see, seeing that video on use your illusion on, on like MTV and being like, Whoa, this is like bigger and better and more uh deeper than any rock band hard rock band that i've ever seen like this is like serious you know movie art and, and hardcore so yeah th- that's why i lean i guess towards use your illusion one but i don't know two i mean it's again this is the age-old question can you really go wrong you know listening to uh so um, and also by the way i say one because uh use your illusion two has don't cry the alternate version Mm. And I learned through polls on the podcast. I asked listeners that I, I am, I apologize. I apparently offended people. I had no idea the amount of love that the alternate version of don't cry gets. Really? My view Interesting. is, yeah. Yeah. Cause my view is, I don't know if it's the same as yours. I'm kind of lazy. I know. Mm. Don't cry. I don't want to learn it. To, I don't want to learn it again. I don't want to mm. learn it with lyrics. So it's just when I hear the the alternate version, my brain is like, wait a minute, it's just my chemicals gonna start going crazy in there. So I don't know. That's that's just not I like don't cry the first time. I need the reboot. Yeah. Uh and then my world. Uh <laughs> and I will say I don't want to hate in my world because you might have I'm sure you have your opinions. Uh, because it's the low hanging fruit to make fun of. <laughs> but I want to give credit to who said it, but uh so but I wanna I wanna take credit for the thought. But what if my world was like a prequel to Chinese democracy? Like, just because of how weird it is. Yeah. And what was that song Axel released um, uh, for that in 1999? Oh, my God, for End of Days. Yep. It was kind of a prequel to that as well, maybe? Yeah. 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 So it's like, it seems to be going like in, in steps, I guess, if mm-hmm. you want to be all uh, conspiracy theorists about it. Like, if mm-hmm. you're going to you know, put all the Guns N' Roses songs on like a bulletin board, a cork board, and you're putting strings everywhere to figure out what make, which some fans, I guess, kind of do. Mm. But that's why I, I still, I go with one, uh, mainly for November Rain. And uh, I'm not going to show it to you now because it's on my back and I would have to take my shirt off. No offense. <laughs> but it was my first uh, tattoo. Some people ask because I have tattoos. Like, do you have any Guns N' Roses tattoos? Because it's not visible. I just have the, the boy writing in the book on my left shoulder blade at some point I'll get like a whole November rain motif. Um, uh, probably just across my shoulder blades. I'm not, I'm not jacked enough to get like my whole back, uh, <laughs> but just something added more to it. But that was, yeah, my first tattoo because of November, November rain. So, uh, so that's the, uh, the answer to my, uh, to your question, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think I'd have to tend to agree with you. Uh, one would probably be my go-to more than number two. 
although some of my favourite songs from Illusions are, are on too. But I think yeah. one as a whole is the go-to for me. Um, and, yes, I'd have to concur with the November Rain video. Um, you know, it's I was getting into so much music at the time that I sort of discovered Guns as well. And I'm pretty sure from memory, like, we've got a, a music video show down here in Australia called Rage. Uh, and it's not like it used to be, but, uh, you know, we'd tune into that late at night. And I remember November Rain came on and uh, it blew my mind pretty much. You know, it was just so much bigger than anything I'd ever seen. And even watching it now, you know, and I think it's up to a crazy number of... Uh, like in the billions of views yeah. on YouTube, isn't it? I, I was researching that, and uh, and it was a, um, I think it cost them one point five million dollars to actually make that video as well, and uh, it was worth every penny. But yeah, from there, I sort of, I remember buying the Use Your Illusion albums from a friend of okay. mine at high school, and I still have those copies, and you know, naturally the broken to shit so oh yeah. Um, yeah i've still got those and i just played them to death so i'd have to go with one and in terms of my world i reckon in a way he was a little bit ahead of his time there it had like an industrial sort of feel and you know it's not something i'll, I'll go to often but if it comes on i'll leave it on and i'll listen to it and i just think it's a bit of an insight into axel's madness basically yeah. And his creative uh, genius, which but, is what really drew me to, yeah. which many of us to to the band. So, yeah, it never turned me off. Where being like, oh, my world. But I mean, again, it's the low hanging fruit because it's yeah. so different, you know, from everything. And um, I think it's like absurd, you know. It, you like it, great. Mm -hmm. If you don't, Axel doesn't care. No, you know, he, this was his uh, creative output and. Yeah. Guess what? There's a whole a lot of other songs to listen to. You know, absolutely. If you, if you want. Yeah, that's right at the end of number two, uh, and it's not quite as bad as uh, Brandon on Generation Swine by Motley Crue. Just saying. No offense, Brando. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that song. Believe oh, really? it or not. Really? I, I'm gonna have to listen to that because Brandon's uh, Tommy Lee's son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because so, I, I I remember. I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like Pamela Anderson would say, like, I love you, Brandon. And I would pretend, pretend it's me, obviously referring to his son. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, again, I'm in therapy. But uh, okay, I'm going <laughs> to listen to that once we're, we're done. I didn't know that. I think, yeah. That's the album I didn't listen to. I, I, see, that's the thing. I, I like Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, one of the, the first books that I, I read before I read Slashes, before I read Stephen Adler's, was The Dirt. And yep. unlike what, you know, Guns N' Roses, they they their lineup changes. I supported it. Motley Crue, you know, they get a new singer. I guess mm. I didn't have an interest, and I have heard some songs, but I guess I haven't heard that one. Oddly enough, yeah. Well, that album was with Vince. Um, I think. Oh, I'm thinking. What am I thinking of? You're thinking of the album just before that. Actually, John Karabi was meant to sing on Generation Swine, but I think they brought Vince back. So it was kind of okay. a crossover period, but all right. And, uh, well, again, I, I don't have a Motley Crue podcast, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, regardless, I'll listen to it. It's a great album, anyway. It was, it was one of my first Crue albums, but that's for another episode. So, how do we begin to cover these two albums? Um, I guess you know 
going from obviously Appetite, then Lies, and then to these two massive albums that a lot of people claim were, you know, totally bloated. I think it was just an amazing time in music, and these two albums are a big part of that, obviously. Uh, when they were released, you know, there were a lot of other albums in that same month that were released, like Nirvana's Nevermind and the Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. So a lot was happening in the music scene at this time. And then Guns N' Roses coming out with these two two massive albums. Uh, producer was Mike Klink and Guns N' Roses. He, he was a producer of Appetite. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Is that the I last have, time... Uh... Sorry, yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I haven't uh, been successful trying to get him for an interview. I did get a response from his people, but it didn't happen. So okay. uh, I, I appreciate a response. Better than no yeah. response. Is he still producing? Like, um, I'm sure he's doing some things. Yeah. I, I really haven't. Uh, honestly, it's like once I got the no, I was like, all right, I don't care. You know, I'll try again in a year or something like that. Yeah. So, um, these Illusion albums were recorded at A&M Studios in Hollywood, California. Um, now, a number of these songs were actually written in the early days of, uh, of Appetite, but didn't make it to that album. So just what an incredible period. Like, songs like You Could Be Mine, that was written, and Don't Cry. Even November Rain, was. these were all written in the band's early days, but for one reason or another... You know, they, they saved it for a bit later after Appetite. And, you know, obviously these two albums, they went on to tour the world for two and a half years. Support acts included Metallica. Well, I don't know if I'd call them a support act, but it was a co-headline thing. Right. Faith No yeah. More, Soundgarden, Nine Inch Nails, Skid Row, Body Count, Smashing Pumpkins. So it was just a massive tour that just went on and on and on and on and um, all over the world and... I think it ended up somewhere in 1993. Um, was it South America was the last show from memory, I think. Uh, it, it, may, it sounds kind of uh, that I don't know off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. So how do we tackle this, Brando? Should we go track by track or should we – what do you think? Well, I mean, how do you – what's your the end game here? Do you just want to say, uh, you know, just talk about each, each song? Do you – you know, did you want to, some people want to whittle it down, uh, because yeah. I was, if you wanted to do that, I was just going to say that I'm even with the, uh, the previously mentioned my world and the alt lyrics of don't cry. I'll, I'll just say, <clears throat> I don't think any of it, them should be cut down. I don't think it should be one album. People are like, no. Oh, it would have been better as one album. I, I disagree entirely for a mm. variety of reasons. I mean, we can just start, you know, there in general, uh, because Guns N' Roses haven't put out a lot of music since then. So right. we'll take what we can get kind of thing. That's, I mean, that's just kind of a, maybe like a silly answer, but I mean, each song is just like its own journey. Mm -hmm. Like before, you know, having your phones in your, your car, uh, to be able to just listen to anything at the, the you know, Spotify or anything you want. No, to have both of those CDs that you you showed before, and um, I know you had the records back there, but you wouldn't have a record player in your your car. But Usual Illusion One and Two were the soundtrack of so many road trips. Yeah, you know, yeah. same thing with Live Era, but that's a whole other conversation too. But just the that whole journey, and I I wouldn't want to miss any of those songs. I mean, we, we could talk about again, you know, just me. Maybe we'll get there because uh, 
there are ones I have like favorites and don't favor, like not favorites mm-hmm. anymore. Like knocking on heaven's door, just being in radio here and live and let die, hearing them all the time. It's just, I, I, again, that's if, I don't know if you want, if you want to comment on that, those are mm-hmm. like, for instance, live, they're never going to cut them out, but I would prefer other stuff. I would prefer deeper tracks mm-hmm. played, you know, breakdown, locomotive. I mean, perfect crime. I don't know. Axel could do perfect crime now, which is, you know, the guy is almost 60. It's, it's not a, mm-hmm. you know, it's no slight to him. I mean, that's, that's a ridiculous song, but, uh, when people said it's bloated, I, I just don't agree with that. Cause I guess it was busy being the same age, but that's the guns of roses. 1991 is kind of like where I really became cognizant of music other than the, like the Muppet babies, you know, really used to be like, yeah, when I was younger, I like Michael Jackson. Cause he was always on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Elton John pop music, um, even early hip hop. I, but I don't really like this, like the singles, you know, like heavy D and the boys, Nothing but love. I like the, you know, I'd have the cassette single of that. I wasn't, I was more into sports and cartoons then. But once I, I heard Use Your Illusion and saw November Rain on, on TV and everything that came along with Soundgarden and Nirvana and the Chili Peppers, that's just right there is what defines a lot of what I am musically and as a person, I think. So when you have this double album, nowadays, when you think about it, what does that even mean? Then it, it's an event. You know, I tried to recreate that event. I wanted my user illusion going at midnight when these albums went on sale hmm. and, and kudos to Axl Rose, the, the story that, and I think it, it, it'll be eventually, <coughs> excuse me, it'll be eventually in Matt Storm's book that comes out that he, he praised the idea of, you know, if it was sold as a double album, it would be a lot of money for kids hmm. and act and they would put it like, they, cause they have to put, uh, behind the glass or whatever, or behind, cause it would be like over 20 something dollars. I'm oh, just, yeah. that number I don't recall. Yeah. Uh, but if they sold it separately, they would be able to like sell it. You know, you can pick whatever you want, you want, it can be easy to grab. So, I mean, Axel didn't want to rip off the fans mm. and just think about that. He's not selling you bloated stuff to mm. rip you off. He's doing it because this is his musical adventure mm. and having spoken to people who are, you know, part of the use your illusion tour, which is just, wow. I mean, I wish I could have experienced that. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, the danger of every night. Yeah, there are horrible things that happen. It's not like riots when you're in them are fun. Yeah, we've, I've done episodes with people who were at the riots, at certain mm-hmm. of these riots to get their firsthand account. And, um, you know, people got hurt. Uh, I haven't spoken to anybody from that experienced Donington yet, but I mean, I, who, where people died and it's yeah. unfortunately a topic for today with the Travis Scott and everything that's it's still happening. And yeah. you go back and you look at every, it's, it's so funny. Everyone thinks Axel a dick, you know, and you look back in these, in these concerts where he's stopping the crowd for mm. them to be safe and not get hurt. So it's mm. sorry. So I guess take that all into account. I, again, that's part of the journey. You have to use your illusion. So, mm. um, if you wanted, if you wanted to go your initial question track by track, I could tell you, you know, I don't know if you wanted to grade it. If you want just my thoughts on perfect crime and or mm. civil war, um, sorry, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I host a podcast. Am I taking over? I don't want to take over. You, you <laughs> That's <tell me>. right. <laughs> well, yeah, there's obviously a lot of controversy, you know, surrounding the whole Guns and Roses thing, and that's. That's an episode on its own, really, you know, with the riots and everything and um, Axel getting arrested and such. But 
you, you touched on Matt Sorum, who these were his first two albums with the band. Uh, Stephen Adler actually got a the drum credit for Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. But apart from that, it was all Matt Sorum um, who replaced Adler after he was fired from the band in 1990. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but Slash was sort of quoted as saying something along along the lines of, with Stephen, first it was sex, drugs, rock and roll, then it was drugs and rock and roll, and then it was just drugs or something along those lines. And they couldn't couldn't reach him anymore, he couldn't play anymore, and they had to let him go. And it sort of breaks my heart in interviews with Stephen because you see how much he loves his music, but obviously he couldn't, he loved his drugs more at that time. and um, yeah, it's quite sad uh, I, seeing him in some of those interviews. Yeah, it's it's good to see where he is now. Yeah, that he is out touring with his band and actually his his bassist, uh, Tanya O'Callaghan, who I interviewed a while ago. Because she's somebody else that's like through the podcast, you know, just yeah. because of the six degrees of GNR bacon, as I call it, because I speak with Tanya O'Callaghan, who now is White Snake's new bassist. Oh, but really? You're gonna, wow. Yeah, that happened within the last few weeks, which is uh, cool. And David Coverdale, who I've had on a few times and getting his perspective, who was label mates with Guns N' Roses back in the day, 87. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sorry, what was, your, what was your original question that you just, uh, just asked me? Oh, it was about Stephen leaving the band oh, Steven, or Steven, being sorry, fired sorry. from the band. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, mm. because uh, and this is where I'm going. I have so much going on in my head in addition to just my, my typical chemical imbalance because of Doug's book. Mm. And I got to be aware of what's been said and what hasn't been said, you know, right. publicly. And he's going to be, he's going to say a lot about Steven. You know, mm. we're very, and he loves Steven. It's just Doug did a lot. Uh, he tried also to get him clean. And he mm. talks about some of those experiences. Um, and it just wasn't happening at that yeah. time. And it was uh, unfortunate. Um, it's, it's again, it's great. Cause it was scary for a while, even mm. though uh, the celebrity reality show, you know, the celebrity rehab, which is just, come on, you're replacing one addiction for another, you know, yeah. one is your drug addiction for your dr- addiction for fame. I mean, shame on Dr. Drew for that. And, um, uh, Mike Starr was on that too, wasn't he from Alice in Chains? Yeah. Is that, and is that the same show? The, I think. So, because I, I, I remember the guy from um, forgive me, Shocky Shift, the guy from Crazy Town. Mm. Uh, he because there was a few people that died that were on that show. Yeah. So whatever. That's I don't. So when I see Stephen now, and it's just I know he wants to be in Guns N' Roses more than he. It's nice that he had those two songs, you know, uh, those two appearances, mm. but. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. And it's no slight to Frank Ferrer, who's been on the show. He's a really nice guy, fellow New Yorker. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's still deep down. He's like, shit, I could have done it. Mm. But, you know, then you wouldn't have Matt Sorum and you wouldn't have the uh, Illusion Records like they are. So, you know, at least they're all around and hopefully uh, uh, he'll be included more in the future. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a shame. It's just a, that, that part of it is, is a shame. It could have been worse because they yeah. all could be dead. Honestly, they all could be dead. Absolutely. They're all, they're all still here, thankfully. Yeah. Because uh, Slash and Steven grew up together as friends too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They grew up uh, in, I don't know. They to go to the same. Yeah, Fairfax High School. Or Steven went to another, like a different high school, but in that same area. 
yeah. as Fairfax because Slash went to the same high school as basically almost the entire Red Hot Chili Peppers, like the original lineup of yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is just incredible, you know, that they all, Slash and the Chili Peppers went to high school together. And Lenny Kravitz? Where did Lenny Kravitz fit into the picture with Slash? I, I thought that too, but then I saw something yeah. uh, contradicting that, that maybe he went to a different high school. I don't know. Yeah. He, he may have been there for maybe like a few semesters, yeah. but it's that yeah. same, I, I think so. And that's something else too. I you, you read different stories and as much as I, tr I try to be as knowledgeable, I won't use that word expert, as I mentioned, because only there's Axel. You hear contradicting stuff, even from the band members themselves. Mm. So, you know, you, you try your... You know, at the end of the day, this isn't rocket science and you know, you need the right answer. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm just glad he's healthy and they're all healthy. They're all alive. Yeah, absolutely. Even Izzy, even Izzy. I know Rick Richards saw him like eight months ago. He told me from, uh, on the podcast who was in the Juju Hound. So Izzy yep. was in Colorado as of, as of eight, nine months ago. Well. Yeah, there's an uh, elusive figure, Izzy. You know, he he was uh, obviously an integral part of the band. You know, he wrote a lot of the songs or ha at least had a part in most of the songs on the Illusion albums. Yeah. And um, But he left the band in, I think it was November of 91, and, you know, he just had enough. And he was, try he was trying to get sober or he was sober and it was hard for him to be in the band. Yeah with the rest of the guys so he left and but yeah he's a very interesting very interesting cat is he um he's one of those guys that are pretty elusive you know you don't don't know much about him you don't know where he is and then uh uh but yeah very interesting character very very talented and he had a big part in these albums he did it's the interesting thing when you um you know i can't imagine if i we went to the, these shows live to see Dustin Bones in 14 years performed live, not with Izzy because those are mm -hmm. really Izzy-driven songs, yep. and they're that's they're part of Guns N' Roses, and that's what Guns N' Roses is. They're being mysterious and elusive, and you know it can be frustrating at times, lack of information. But but yeah, um, from what I know, Izzy was sober. Uh, it was very hard to stay that way with the rest of the band. He, yeah. he never really wanted to be in a famous. Almost like Kurt Cobain, now that I think about it. Never really wanted to be in like a famous rock band. Just wanted mm -hmm. to be in a rock band and just play, you know, kind of situation. And it's, uh, that was, that was an interesting moment too. Cause that, I don't even know if I asked Alan Niven about this. It was, I think it was the first time he was on. And, uh, one of the crazy things I'll experience in my podcast where he just makes this off comment that Izzy showed up at one of the shows. It might've been like Nashville, like 2016 or 17, uh, you know, one of the first reunion years and, but then it turned back around, saw something he didn't like and turned back around. And that <laughs> made like news everywhere. You know, I saw yeah. it on, on Australian sites. Oh, shout out by the way to uh tone deaf that I know that's an Australian. Uh, they, they, they pick me up a lot. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's amazing. Cool. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting, but now you think about now, that's part of the journey. When you think about 14 years, Dustin Bones, that's part of the journey of Use Your Illusion. And that's why all of it. So if you want to try starting at the, we, we can't, we, everyone's gone through the song by song, but if you want to say perfect crime has its story to it, mm. you know, uh, get in the ring obviously yeah. has its story to it. It offends me, by the way, when people say that's like a throwaway song. 
That song is so amazing. That's Get in the, the Ring. Best, yeah, the best diss track oh. of all time. Of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite tracks. And why I don't push Use Your Illusion too, too far away, you know? Get in the yeah. Ring is one of my favorite tracks to listen to. And yeah, it's a great diss track. Um, I know with, oh, what was it? I was listening to your one of your chats with uh, Doug the other day, and you were talking about Mick Wall. Who okay. gets a diss in that track? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug Goldstein hates Mick Wall. Mm. <laughs> and so does Axel, obviously. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll try reaching. I think one time I tried reaching out to Mick, but I was mm. associated with something. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll try again. But from what I hear from Doug hates him. So it's like, do I mm. want to reach out to Mick thinking like everything he says, according to Doug, like it's just full of shit. And, and then I don't want to, I, I feel like I've already pissed off Guns Rose management, not on purpose. So do I want to do that even further with somebody who it's different? Like if I had Nick wall on, who's still kind of like, sorry to use this phrase, like suckling the teat of Guns yeah. N' Roses, who's still yeah. trying to promote, you know, it, when he apparently doesn't have all the correct information. But I had Bob Cuccioni Jr. on. Oh, really? Had, I did. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't actually. Uh, by the way, I think I made. I think I made that a short clip. I've been adding a lot of because I can't believe the amount of interviews I've done. I'm, lu- I'm lucky this ties into my career. I think it's that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it is a short clip on my YouTube. I've been making like short, you know, because my interviews might go an hour or so, which I think maybe went 40, 45 minutes. But just the part of where he talks about, you know, what he thought when Axel called him out and get in the ring. Mm. And he laughed yeah. uh, for a lot of reasons. He's like, I don't hate the man. You know, I don't know what I did. And also the uh, Bob Guccione Jr. is like a, a black belt. So he's like, I could have, he's like, sure, I'll get in the ring. <laughs> and, and Doug Goldstein laughs about it. Yeah, Doug Goldstein <laughs>, laughs about it too. He's yeah. like, he's like, Axel didn't do it. And that's the great thing about Doug too, because he's a, uh, guy's like also a trained like martial arts uh, expert. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, he's a bad back now, but it's just like, it's insane when you go deeper into these characters and these mm. songs, every it's, you just don't get that in music today where it might be a rocking song, but is there mm. a real story behind it? You know, and I, I, I GNR with each track, I just feel like it there, you know, could be a movie. Like you can make yeah. a screenplay about each one if you wanted to. Well, let's get into the tracks because I mean, we could cover the tour, um, and so much of the controversy just surrounding it. But I guess today, you know, we should we should focus on the album itself and the songs. Um, and then, you know, maybe in another episode we can cover all the juicy goss surrounding the actual music. So Use Your Illusion yeah. 1 kicks off with Right Next Door to Hell. I love that song. It's just a straight-up rock song. Um, I think... I read that Rose wrote this about his neighbor at the time who accused him of clubbing clubbing her in the head with a wine bottle or something along those lines. So there's a little, like you said, there's a story behind every song. So I don't know how true that is. Uh, According to Axl Rose, that's true. You know, that actually did happen. So that's, that's kind of part of it. And that was one of the songs I was thinking of when I mentioned stories behind it. Yeah. It's just a rocking tune. It's just a a perfect, it's a perfect uh, marriage to what, you know, appetite for destruction was and what yep. lies was before you got really user illusiony, if I can coin a phrase. So I yep. thought it was just a really great way to kick off the record. Yeah, record. I love, 
I love the axle FU as it goes into Slash's solo. Perfect. I love yeah. that stuff. The same angry <laughs> and same Slash that, you know, if you were waiting for, if you were waiting for it, I don't think you would be disappointed. You know, if you heard that for the first time, putting on the CD or putting in the cassette, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, Dustin Bones is up next. Great tune. One of my favorites. Uh, that's an Izzy tune, uh, who's also on the, on the on the main vocals. Um, again, going into Slash's solo, you know, just fucking gone. Beautiful. Love it. It's got a great sort of swagger, that song. I love it. One of my favorites. That was when you really knew you were in for the journey, yep. you know, with Bust and Bones and an Izzy-fronted song. It's like, okay, what's this? I got to sit back. You know, I got to sit back and enjoy this. This isn't all going to be right next door to hell. This isn't all going to be, you know, what appetite was. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to be a journey. And uh, and, and, I, and I love it. So I think I, I've enjoy, enjoyed that song as I've more as I've gotten older and really appreciated it more as yep. I've uh, as I've gotten older, you know, with 38, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, and it's a fantastic song. And it's mm -hmm. it's one of the songs that really defines the the time period and of that band and then and the sound of the record so certainly certainly never on the chopping block for anybody when they if they try to make this one record yeah which we'll do at the end of this won't we we've oh, <laughs> compiled, totally. okay. compiled, a, compiled a list of if we had to break it down to one album it's not easy but just touching on Dutch, dustin bones again growing up as a a young man listening to these songs there was one line in this song that resonated with me in particular uh, sometimes these women seem to rip you right in two. That's uh, always res resonated with me, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> Live and Let Die is up next, which is obviously a Wings cover. This was the first version of this song. I, I heard this one before the Wings version, so it was actually hard for me to go back to the original after hearing the Guns version. Um, I love the video, the Guns video of this song, you know, just them in their live setting you know just live clips I, I think it's got a good energy and i enjoy hearing it live good song good cover what do you think oh it's a great cover yeah um, i think it's just one of those i think i mentioned this before as a radio person i've just i've heard it so mm. many times and it's weird because i've obviously heard uh, welcome to the jungle and sweet child of mine and a million times but um they just for whatever reason haven't waned on me uh, especially not welcome. Um, but no, I, I love it. And I'll use an example. You know, that's a, that's a legacy song. You know, there might not be, you know, people who like Guns N' Roses like that song. And those mm. are the most people who buy tickets and always gets a big reaction uh, when you go to a show. I went to three, which I never do. I went to three shows on this past uh, North American leg. And it's just always gets a major reaction. And including for my uh, fiance, she, you know, she, her Guns N' Roses is Dave Matthews. Um, they just happen to be, I, I just don't like, I, I've tried. I respect them. I respect them. It's just not my, my flavor. Uh, but we really bond on the Beatles. You know, we're both big Beatles fans. Our parents were Beatles fans. Yep. And she obviously loves it. So she was my, my concert partner. Um, she is my concert partner now. And that's one of the highlights of the show for her. When yeah. led die. So no, it's an absolutely great cover. It is done very well live. It's just my personal thing of just 
I don't know. Maybe when I hear that now, I just don't, I don't need to. I, yep. it's, it's, you know, I don't dislike it. I just don't need to. Yep. Yep. And uh, we got Don't Cry Up Next, which was sort of talked about already a little bit, but this was actually, like we said, a, a song that was written in the early days, I believe in 1985, um, before Appetite came out, but they saved it to the next, or for the, for the later album, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, alternate lyrics. Um, I really like this video directed by Andy Morahan, who you've also had on your podcast. Yep. Now, yeah. He's a, he's a cool guy. Um, I always yeah, liked he- hearing him talk in the making, what is it, making fucking videos? Don't cry mm-hmm. in November rain. Um, I thought he was an interesting character. Yeah, he was just one of those names I reached out and didn't expect to hear back. So I was actually mm-hmm. very pleasantly surprised that he was happy to do it. Yeah. Um, and actually today, I'm not sure when you're posting this, but um, I, there's a few uh, clips I guess posted, of, uh, like today I guess posted one of him talking about Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. If it, that's his favorite Guns N' Roses video, even though he did November Rain and Estranged. And that's, you know, he's a personal um, reason why. But with, with Don't Cry... Yeah, it is. And just another great video in his resume. And of course, I think of Shannon Hoon. Yep. And I think it was it was recently. Axel, I think, gave the whole story, which was interesting because he mentioned Izzy on stage. That mm-hmm. Don't Cry was the first song written for Guns N' Roses. Like mm-hmm. it was it was the first Guns N' Roses song, technically, is mm-hmm. uh is Don't Cry, even though it doesn't show up until 1991. Yeah. Um so, but that's fascinating to it. Uh um just to think about and yeah, just a just a great great song, and especially the the ending when he holds that note, you know, tonight. Oh, yeah. And I and I actually on the radio and and shout out to one of the things I do. I work on uh, uh, Q1043 is a classic rock radio station in in, in uh, New York City, and the the morning show host uh, Jim Kerr, who's in the Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, he sometimes I go I I'm like the backup producer for that. And we were giving away Guns N' Roses tickets, and he just wanted to come up with a clever concert, uh, contest, not just call it twenty five or whatever. So he just wanted to hear listeners call and and sing that last note, and, and we voted for it. So we just had a bunch of uh, goobers on the air being like, "Tonight!" It was just really funny. So just to share that, so all of that makes me love "Don't Cry." Yeah, it's very very Axel, and uh, also in that video the. Uh, the classic thing, the sign saying, where's Izzy? Because yeah. uh, obviously he was, I think he was still in the band at that point, but he didn't want to appear in the video. And I think he um, he later said it was a multi-million dollar video, which was a pointless indulgence or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of funny. Typical typical Izzy, I guess. But um, yeah, great song. Um, alternate lyric one I don't normally go to. I know I'm sort of skipping ahead to two now, but... Uh, you know, with the alternate lyrics, it kind of changes the melody a bit in the verses. Um, anyway, that might be some yeah. people's go-to, the alternate one, for whatever reason. I, well, I think it's because I love the original version so much. Yeah. And, like, and it's like, I don't, you know, don't uh, don't improve upon it. You know, sometimes a reboot works. You know, Evil Dead was a pretty good reboot, but Nightmare on Elm Street was terrible. So it's just sometimes it works, sometimes. Again, I'm not, I'm not even trying to... <laughs> I'm not trying to compare out uh, Dog Cry alternate to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the terrible reboot. It's just <laughs> not for me. That's yeah. all. That's it's not for me. We've got Perfect Crime up next. Another one uh, 
I guess in my mind similar to right next door to hell just you know sort of shorter song straight up rock song great song high sort of high speed great slash guitar work as always love it one of my favorites 10 out of 10 just a mm. really just great song that you uh yep you want from guns and roses yeah they're they they're doing these epics these ballads but they're sneaking in these, these punches in the face and yep. i love it perfect crime is just a punch in the face yep and uh you know there are some some great classic footage of axel singing that song and the amount of anger and, and throaty rasp that needs to go into it to get that out um you know, that recording encapsulates it. And yep. I think it's just, a, it is a fantastic song. And I, I, I hope more people, not just us GNR diehards, I think it's one of those under the radar GNR songs that not the typical family know about, if that yep. makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, you Ain't the First. I love this song. Uh, just sounds like they're sort of hanging around a bar room, just with a couple of guitars and just... Um, you know, might be the end of the end of the night playing some pool, cool acoustic vibe. Could have been on Guns N' Roses Lies, maybe. I like it. It took me a bit to be honest with you. At first, I was like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until recently. I think, even though Matt Stone's book is not out, I think he's just done some interview. I'm supposed to interview him again. Um, he got pushed back along with the book, so I think I'll I'll, I'll get him on again when his book finally comes out. But mm-hmm. Um, he has done some sporadic interviews and he mentioned that it was kind of like a pirate song. Like he mm-hmm. felt like there are pirates and that made me like it like more so now. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. I never disliked this song. It was just one of those, is not an epic ballad, you know, where I can really lose myself and think and uh, maybe this part to rock out to, or it wasn't just like a perfect crime where you just rock out to it. It was just like, like an intermission song, kind of like, yeah. a, it was like, okay. Okay, like you know yeah. what's what's going on here, but it wasn't until recently when Matt Sorum was like, "No, we, this is us as pirates," mm-hmm. and that was kind of what User Illusion being on the tour was like, being like a pirate. I'm like, "All right, yeah, you need a pirate song on User Illusion," so I like it now. I like yeah, it more so. I like the fact that we get a bit more Duff in that song. You know, you can sort of hear Duff in there, and yeah, it's just a really cool, laid back intermission song. That's a good way to put it, I guess. Sure, and uh, yeah. fits, fits well on the album. Yeah, it's a nice um, again just to go from perfect crime to that. It's just mm. it's part of the journey, you know. Yeah. And uh, that uh, that I love it. Yeah, and then you got bad obsession up next, which is a it's a big song, really. And um, the friend of the band West Arkane, and I think Izzy, this was their song, I believe, and um, also featured Michael Munro from Hanoi Rocks on there. Yeah. Um, Michael, it was a, like episode 90, so like a, a while ago, came on the show and was talking about uh, recording that. And you ain't the first, I believe you also uh, did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, I think that might be the number one song I want to hear live that I haven't heard live yet. Mm-hmm. Bad Obsession. I really fell in love with it when I watched the, uh, I don't know if they're in your collection, the uh, Tokyo tapes, yeah. uh, the, the DVDs. <laughs> Yeah, and the just, actual tapes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had the DVDs. Um, and just to, I guess, think about, yeah, I don't want to think about Axel and Red Tiny Short, Michael's Bicycle Short. <laughs> That's what I, guess I think about it, whatever, and the Red Blazer. And just, it just seems like a fun, it's a fun song to sing along to. It rocks. The lyrics are awesome. Yeah. You know, Bad Obsession, absolutely one of my favorite songs off the uh, 
know, just from them in general, I think mm-hmm. is bad obsession to so um, underrated and uh, you know, not from Guns N' Roses fans. Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. fans love bad obsession, but you know, again, from, sometimes I can't help but think about the radio listener, the average person, you know, goes to, <laughs> I would go to a concert and you hear Sweet Child of Mine being played. Oh my God, Sweet Child. Yeah, they're going to play Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's the majority of uh, of Gino fans, I guess. So, so you've seen Guns fairly recently. Are they still playing Bad Obsession live, or they've they've dropped that from the set list? Bad Obsession. I don't know if I've heard. Did I miss? Mm. Uh, did I? I don't know if I misspoke there. But no, I, I haven't heard it live. Right. Uh, that's okay. The, that's the number one song that I want to hear live. Right. So gotcha. I don't. I, yeah. So um, no, that hasn't been added. Mm. Uh, I want it to be. I think. Mm. Uh, Dizzy Reed, when it goes out with Hookers and Blow, does it, mm. but um, that's about it. But no, I, I, I hope uh, next they're not gonna. I don't know when next time they're coming to North America, they got to go see you guys first, mm. you know. And they get announced us dates in Mexico, and so I guess hope it gets added to the set list at some point. Yeah, I love it. That obsession. Yeah, and I still remember it from those Tokyo, uh, those Tokyo VHS tapes, uh, and that it was great. I loved. Love that was my, one of my favorite songs. I think you know because um, of seeing it live on those tapes and still sounds good on the album. So that's a tick from me. Um, we've got "Back Off, Bitch" up next. Uh, another great rock and song. I know there was a bit of controversy surrounding this one with Axel's lyrics. I think another great solo from Slash, and I believe this was a Axel and Paul Huge song that they wrote quite a few years before in the early 80s. I don't know if I'm correct on yeah, that. Yeah, we don't know if it's uh, Paul Hughie, Paul Tobias, you know, all, all, oh, whatever yeah. his name is. But, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to remember it, what episode it was because it was it was an early song for, mm. for Guns N' Roses. And I interviewed, we spoke about Fairfax High School, but Marcel Circus, who went to high school with Slash and, you know, Flea and all them. And she remembers, you know, Axel reading her the... Uh, the lyrics to back off bitch like on, on like on a like a you know a, a bed <laughs> believe it or not uh so it's but some people might they i think that's one of the songs that comes up for people to cut i don't know i like it it's mm. just nice you know the the badass axel what he does with his voice you no know, bitch be you know i like the way he plays with his voice on that song yep. you know so it's um Another song. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not cutting out. I'm not cutting out. I don't know what you're going to force me to do, uh, you know, later. But I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to cut it out. Yeah. No. It's a good. I, I like it as a just a solid rock track. It's got a great Slash solo in there. I mean, Slash is all over all of these songs, but you know, some I sort of favor over others. And Back Off Bitch, I think that's a fantastic solo. And um, yeah, Axel does so much with his voice in a lot of these songs. Like he's using a lot of different parts of his voice and if you really listen to a lot of these songs there's so many layers in his vocals and um it's sort of stuff that only he could pull off i think so just i can can only imagine the time he would have spent in the studio perfecting all this stuff and getting it right and um he just would have been absolutely obsessed over it so um double talk and jive is up next probably one of my favorites and this is a Another Izzy song, and I believe he played the he played the solo Izzy at the end of this song, not the classical guitar part, but the the electric okay. solo at the end. That was an Izzy solo. Um, yeah, 
probably one of my favorite tracks live as well. It sounds heavy live. As uh, as we talk about a head and an arm in a garbage can, I got the cops going across. Uh, I don't know if you heard the uh, the sirens going off here. Um, that song might be my favorite song to hear live now. Mm. That is so good. You know, yeah. just to, uh, you know, I, I still, from those uh, Tokyo tapes, I, I, yep. I add the, the home fuck, you know, the, the oh, two yeah. home fucks, you yep. know, it's just, uh, <laughs> man, it's just fucking, uh, it's such a rocking song that pumps you up and mm. the outro with Slash is great. It's just yep. a nice, uh, which we'll get to. You know, it's kind of the two sides of Guns N' Roses within one song, you know, in your face and then nice and uh, almost orchestral like. Mm. Um, and then Slash, of course, in concert takes that to, you know, Godfather theme or, yeah. you know, uh, Henrix or, you know, take it other places. But I uh, love Double Talk and Jive. Yeah. Yeah. Godfather theme on uh, on those Tokyo tapes was always one of my favorite moments of the show. Absolutely loved it with the the gold top Les Paul, fucking absolutely idolised slash because of those videos. Um, you know, I watched them every day after school, and it was just it really inspired me to start playing myself. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't guess you played with uh, those <laughs> five guitars, six guitars behind you. Yeah. Well, good for you. I wish I had that musical talent. So so good for you. <laughs> You know, uh, I, yeah, he inspired me too, but I really, you know, that's when I realized I got to be on the radio. I'm, I'm, I'm the rant axle. I'm just the rant axle. That's it. I have no other, uh, no more of his talents. I just had, you know, the rant version. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we've got the big one up next. November Rain. Obviously an Axel song. And um, when I was sort of doing some research for this, I came across that the original version of this song was like, Went for like twenty five minutes. Have you heard that? I, I haven't heard. Um, I don't know if you meant like physically or if I heard the uh, the story. Heard that about story. It. I I have heard. <laughs> I have heard that story. Mm. Um, I think I just heard the the version they put out of the box set, the like ten minute piano version, mm. which was really cool. It was interesting to hear it at its most basic level of just Axel, a very young Axel at a piano. Uh, playing this song and and now knowing where the guitar parts go and everything but yeah that video changed everything for yeah. for me and it showed yeah there was something i always gravitated towards with rock and roll you know maybe my first you know uh, real love band and i made some you know kind of jokes before about uh, having a heavy d cassette which is true i had an ace of bass cassette true but mm -hmm. um green day i mean i love the yeah. green day like when when Dookie came out, man, Dookie. that was just that was everything for me. Yeah. But when Guns N' Roses, like that was just wow. Okay, mm -hmm. it's it didn't seem one dimensional. Yeah, Green Day is trying to try to become. I feel like everyone's tried. Some of these bands try to do their user illusion, mm -hmm. and that's just maybe their Uno's Dos Trace album was trying to be their user illusion one and two. It just doesn't match up. Like it's just uh. No. You know, with, with with November Rain, it was just um, special. Everything with the video was a story. It was like it was my my favorite movie, almost mm -hmm. coming on. In addition to my, you know, favorite song. So yeah, it's uh, I mentioned about my favorite, my first uh, inspiration, uh, my first tattoo. So yeah, just um, that's that, more as much as anything else. The the reason why I'm a Guns N' Roses fan is that song and and video. Yep. 
And yeah, like we mentioned earlier, it's just hit uh, 1.7 billion B with the B uh, views on YouTube. Um, that's a long song too. That's people. Yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah, people talk about was that recent thing that Taylor Swift did like a 10 minute song on SNL. I'm like, go listen to Coma. Shut mm. up. Yeah, All right. absolutely. Now, just with the November Rain video, um, was that based on a short story by Dell James, who was a friend of the band? Um, a short story called Without You. Is that what the video was based on? Yeah, it says yeah. so even at the, uh, the beginning of the video. It, uh, it lets you know. Um, yeah, and then Dell's a cool guy. Uh, I would love to get him on the show, but he's pretty responsive on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to know that Axel was able to take that vision and kind of uh, you know, his story and put his vision uh, spin on it and what mm-hmm. it became. You know, all these different things, um, whether it's like jumping into the... You can do a whole episode about that, jumping into yeah. the cake. You know, who is that guy? You know, Stephanie Seymour, what happened to her? Did she get COVID? Uh, that's uh, not really. <laughs> but so it's... Yeah, there's a lot of things. It's, just, again, every song on here has its own you can do a whole episode on every song i know yep and that's why like i thought how the hell am i going to fit these two albums in one episode do it you got to do it trying you got to do it like on on the news they gotta have like you know uh, two minutes to talk about this two minutes i don't know gotta get a buzzer or something now the next song is uh arguably my favorite song oh no i can't say that it's one of my favorite the Garden, featuring Alice Cooper, um, also written in the Appetite Days with the help of West Arkane. And I believe Shannon Hoon did some backup vocals in this, and it's got one of my favourite Slash's fo- solos um, in this song. I just think it's a ripper solo. And there's just something really sort of dark and sinister about this song. It's absolutely one of my favourites. What do you think? Absolutely. Same thing. The same feelings because it's uh, it really encapsulates both sides of Guns N' Roses where, you know, it is a dark side to it. But mm-hmm. if you look at the lyrics, it's just like, wow, like it's just taking you on this intellectual kind of journey. And to have Alice Cooper be on it, mm-hmm. uh, I was fortunate to have Alice Cooper on the podcast to talk about that song and how it oh, came to be. Wow. It was just like so random, like at <laughs> three in the morning, you know, kind of thing. And Kay, can you record this? Uh, you know, because they were out on tour together and you know, and, and having Andy uh, Morahan also talk, who I believe also directed that video as well. So it's, it's a great song. I that, that tint of what he does with the, his vocals on that mm-hmm. much like a, a back off bitch. It's yep. just, I, I like what he does. That's why I like, that's why they're my favorite band. It's not, it's not the same song. Every track, no. it's not the same singer, every track, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not like he's trying too hard to be different. It's just all within his pocket. Yeah. And he's taking you along for this ride. And it's, you know, the journey, uh, the garden is part of that ride. So it's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And just the layering, I don't know how to explain it. Just the layers in these songs and the depth of these songs, um, just put them, you know, steps above everybody else. You know, I love Motley Crue. I love Aerosmith, but guns, there's just there's so much to their songs. Like this song, like this is a rock song, but, it's not just a rock song. Um, there's so many layers with Axel's vocals, like you were mentioning, and Slash's guitar. You know, he's got the slide guitar in there. And just what they do with these songs, just, 
you know, they're so much more than any other band. I, I don't know how else to explain it. And yeah, each song is very different, for, you know, from one to the next. But yeah, The Garden for me is just one of my absolute favorites. So yeah, I, it's every thing that you just said. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's a special song and knowing that, uh, sorry, my computer's freaking out here. It's okay. Uh, that Alice Cooper is is on it and it just was kind of unexpected because mm. they don't they didn't have any guests on Appetite for Destruction. I mean, mm. yeah, they'll have uh, you know, Shannon Hoon and you know, he, but he wasn't like Alice Cooper level, mm. you know, and they have you know, West Arkeen did this, and like other Dave, uh, Dave Lank, I think, did Bad, Bad Apples. Uh, different people, but knowing at the level of Alice Cooper and just knowing, waiting for him to come in with his voice and yeah. enjoying Axel, and then it's kind of like passing the baton. Yeah. Like, all right, you know, you you you, you take over, Alice, and it's just uh, it's it's great. It's an, it's a yeah, it's it's again, it's just part of the journey. It's a perfect crime. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up is Garden of Eden. Uh, cool song. You know, high pace sort of punky sort of energy, I guess. I really like the video for this song. Um, I think Slash, like they all look cool, but as usual, I think Slash looks the coolest. Um, I think it's shot just through a single sort of fisheye lens. And uh, actually, Gilby was in this video too. I'm not sure if it was his first video, but yeah, he was he was in this one. Great tune, you know, it's pretty straight up. What do you think? It's one of my favorites. I, yeah. I get offended when anyone says they want this taken off, oh, um, no. because it's man, it's such a it's, it just look with like perfect crime. It's just from the, the the first second to the last second, I'm just mm. awesome. It's awesome. It's just a, it, it's not too long. It's just a, it's a perfect. You know, the lyrics are fun and the video, mm -hmm. wow. So I actually I posted this recently to an excerpt of uh, the Andy Morahan video I did a couple years ago where why he explained Gardner Beaton was his, uh, his personal favorite because it almost didn't happen mm. uh, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a single they were shooting. I think they had just finished shooting the garden and they had this, an opportunity because mm. uh, they were I think they were going to start shooting some stuff for the spaghetti incident, which had a lot of punk stuff on it. And, yeah. and he's like, well, Gardner Beaton sounds punk. Yeah. Why don't we shoot a video? And, and uh, Slash is like, I don't know if Axel's going to agree. Andy asked, he's like, just do one take the video, please. If you don't like it, we won't do it. Axel loved it. Uh, you know, once they set everything up and they did like, a, you know, five, six takes. Yeah. And he's like, because of that personal relationship, he's like, that's why, yeah, I've done November Rain, one of the greatest videos ever. It's like, uh, Garden of Eden is my personal. He's like, that's like my favorite because it almost didn't happen. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's just a, an amazing song. Uh, when I actually wasn't lazy and, and work out, that was that would be part of my workout mix. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, man, love it. It's yep. a critical solution, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and of course, the Be you think of Beavis and Butthead trying to sing along to that song. If you remember that episode, you know, no, I don't actually. I missed that one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check it Just out. Google uh, Beavis and Butthead and Guns N' Roses. You'll All get right. some good uh, entertainment. Done. Uh, don't damn me is up next. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I read that it's the only song off Use Your Illusion 1 that the band never played live. Slash said there were too many words without a breath and it made it hard to do live. No, not yeah. one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy Slash's guitar work in it. 
um, as always. But uh, probably probably not one of my favorites. What do you think? I like it. I think it goes along mm. with. I mean, I wouldn't say it's one of my um, favorites since we're we're doing that. Mm. But it's kind of like the the journey that you you need it, yeah. and yeah, I like the lyrics. You know, the fact that it's so dark and evil. Like sometimes I want to kill. Sometimes I want to die. You know, so it's just it's. Oh man, like you you feel that from him, and that's what I wanted from Axel. And even at the end, smoke him if you got him. All right, that (laughs) sucked. You know these things that stick with they've stuck with me my entire life and stick with me now. So, you know, I I I love it for those moments. You know, is it? You know, it's not my November rain, but it's not supposed to be. It's um, it it belongs there, and and I I just another one of my favorites. Why I love Use Your Illusion one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you but I could probably do without the next song. If I had to pick one to go without, it would be Bad Apples. What do you think? I I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be too much of a homer, but I, um, yeah, I, 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 it's just a fun song to sing along to. And especially maybe I have a place in my heart now because I, I call my listeners sometimes Bad Apples and I would have mm. like a stupid soundbite being played. But just one of those fun songs, I like the, there would be some graphics that would go along with it, like a t-shirt with the, the badass looking rotten apple core. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, it was like, it's one of those fun songs as part of the journey that I never skipped, you know? No. And then, and I like that. It wasn't too much, you know, bad apples. I just, I don't know. I thought that that was a cool title of a song yeah. and all, all of that. Well, it was actually the only song on user illusion to credit the four remaining original band members, Rose slash McKagan and Stradlin. So there's an interesting little tidbit for that song. Um, Dead Horse is up next. I really like the video for this song, kind of for the same reason I liked the Live and Let Die video, just all the live footage. I just think it had a really good energy and a little bit of Axel guitar playing at the start there. Um, I think it's a cool song. It's got a good energy. It's a good rock song. And... Um, I believe Mike Clink got the credit for the nutcracker at the start of that song. Axel plays guitar. I mean, that's what makes that special. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, it's it's funny. He doesn't play it. I don't know why. It's interesting. You know, obviously, piano. I mean, he's the front man, but, you know, but but why? Why just that? But whatever. It's, it's, it's a really cool song. I'm glad that they have brought that song back live uh, to perform that. That's been a, a nice you know, a special treat for, for us fans dying for some deep cuts on Use Your Illusion. But, uh, but yeah, um, I think that I, I got to be in a mood for that too. Mm. You know, it doesn't take me, uh, before we get to Use Your Illusion 2, it doesn't take me on quite the journey as Breakdown or Locomotive, mm-hmm. but I like Dead Horse, especially yep. you know, Axel Guitar. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. And I think it definitely helps watching the video um, just sort of, makes that energy a little bit higher and makes you like that song a little bit more, I think. That's just my opinion. Um, and then the big epic finisher for Use Your Illusion 1 is one of Slash's Baby's Coma, a 10-minute uh, masterpiece, really dark sort of sounding song and um, definitely one of my favorites, I've got to say. What do you think? That might be the journey of all journeys. Mm. You know, uh, and the fact that they do that live, which I think was like a, as a favor to Slash or like as like a thank you to Slash or something because he loves playing it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think when I was I was younger, I just really didn't quite grasp it. I'm like, wow, like what is this epic piece? Like it almost was, you know, just a, a lack of a better analogy, like almost like dream theater. Like yeah, I'm like just like what is this kind of thing? And I liked it, you know, especially Axel. I'm like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, God, damn yeah. it, you know, you felt that. <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. And, and, and the way it keeps going, and you hear the, the women in the background, Axel, only want is XXX, and all. <laughs> yeah. These things are just are, are just great. Are just great in addition to the actual piece, and it's I I think that was one of the harder songs for Matt Sorum to hmm. for the band to play, the band to record because of all the arrangements uh, yep. with that. So that's that's a special one. That really hmm. is a special one. And tell me that you couldn't make a screenplay about Coma. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, it's you can. There's a there's a story there too. So, um, just a fantastic, and I think that that's like one of those low key, underrated favorite songs of of for Guns N' Roses fans. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people might say like, oh, the, the obvious of Welcome to the Jungle or, or just something really, but man, there's a lot of fans that would say Coma, and you wouldn't think a ten minute song would be their favorite song, but it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just, man, you take that away, I mean. Come on, that's the glue that holds the two albums together, isn't it? I agree. Yep. And um, I was listening to a, a thing before we came on today, just to get in the headspace of Usual Illusion. And uh, uh, I think Slash said he wrote this when he was loaded. So this was one song that he did write when he was loaded. Shocker. Yeah, <laughs> shocker. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, one of my favorites, man. And yeah, what Axel does, you know, with all these little extra bits in there, just tops it off i think tops off the musical masterpiece so great way to finish uh use your illusion one and then we move on to number two and we start off with one of my favorite tracks civil war which i believe yeah steve adler actually got the drum credits for this song massive song great wah solos i believe it actually originally this song originally appeared on the 1990 compilation nobody's child uh, Romanian Tr- Angel Appeal, which was a charity album released in July of 1990 to benefit Romani- excuse me, Romanian orphans. Um, it was compiled by George Harrison in response to concerns raised by his wife, Olivia Harrison, who had visited Romania. So That's new to me. Yeah, this song featured on that, among many other great tracks. I didn't know that until researching this album. Okay. But uh, yeah, so great tune. What do you think? And sadly, still culturally uh, relevant. Like mm-hmm. it's just so, so, you know, on the money. You know, what's so civil about war anyway? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a legacy song. It really is. It shows that this rock band... Without being too preachy, I think mm. really just showed how intelligent they were. You know, that, yeah, they'll do the It's So Easies or uh, I Used to Love Her, but I Had to Kill Her. You know, but this uh, <laughs> Civil War, I mean, just She's what buried a, right in my backyard. Yeah. yeah. So, but just what a legacy song of just what this band is, of just not just a great hard rock band, but just a, a smart one. And that's what Civil War is. And it's just a great song. I mean, yeah. my hand, we can quote the song. Yeah. You know, my hands are tied and, you know, the, um, yeah, it's just, it's just it's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic song and a great way to kick off the, uh, the second album. Yeah. And you think like, it's such a, it's a complicated song and 
it's recorded perfect perfectly it might be one of those sort of songs that's hard to pull off live but they do and they and they did even way back in those tokyo live in tokyo days like they just pulled this song off easy um you know you think some bands record these complicated songs and they're not that easy to pull off in a live setting but gunners did easy including with uh, and i always think about the costume changes because mm-hmm. that's when Axel would go off stage <laughs> yeah. and put some, uh, yeah. you know, American flag, you know, jacket or, or something like that. You'd mm-hmm. always uh, get dressed up for Civil War. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just everything from the solo. It's a radio hit, you know, uh, to this day. Still gets played on classic rock radio, perhaps not as much as, you know, Sweet Child or Paradise City, but it mm-hmm. still gets played. And so it's still, it's a, it's a legacy song that defines them. Yeah. And to think a political song, uh, that's kind of long. Does that? I mean, that's. I feel like that's unheard of. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What's it clocking in at? Like seven minutes or something like that around there. Yeah, it's memory. a six, seven minute song. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. long, and it doesn't feel that way. You know, it doesn't feel that. It's. A, it's. Those are the best songs. Yeah. That uh, the long songs that don't feel that way. That you kind of just oh, it's over, but it's like you know, seven minutes later. And uh, it, it's just fan- I never change the station when it comes on. No, you know uh, it makes me excited to put in "Use Your Illusion" too. When I yeah. when I would put in my CD in my when I had a CD player in my car, knowing that it was the first track that I'm in for something. So uh, it's it's a great song, Civil War. Yeah, and another little skill of Axel's is his whistling. You know, not not only can he sing in a hundred different voicings, but he can actually whistle as well. One of the things that I, I again I can't do that Axel. Me like, I can't. Me oh, you're, you're you can't you're a musician. No, you can't. Uh... No, I could oh, never man, whistle. Been, I don't know. It would have been amazing if I just did it just now. It would it would have been on record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do it. So that 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 part bums me out, but because I yeah. can't sing along to it. But whatever, it's okay. So right. I'm with you. I'm with you. We've got uh, 14 Years Up Next, which is a, an Izzy song. Um, I believe they were playing it while Izzy was still in the band, obviously, but once he left, maybe it dropped off the set list. Uh, a lot of people really love this song. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. But it's not one that I'll, I'll go to. Uh, what do you think? It's there with Dustin Bones, which is oddly, mm. they're both the second track yeah. on each album where it's it's interesting now that i had you know uh dustin bones already and it's like 14 years it's not i'm not hearing the same song but it's kind of the same almost premise where you're going to be along for this journey it's obviously izzy and um yeah i mean i i love guns and roses for axel axel's voice mainly um so i wouldn't say it's my favorite yeah but i don't dislike it uh i wouldn't you know i, I wouldn't i don't want to cut it off because that's part of the journey. Uh, user illusion is, yeah, Izzy was, uh, he left during that time, but mm-hmm. that album is still encapsulates him and the, his role or lack thereof in the band at that time. And it's part of that history. So it needs to be there. Absolutely. And I enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I still, there, there are other songs I would listen to first, I guess, if I had to listen to them, them out of order. And uh, I think this next track is one of my least favorites, Yesterday's. Um, I enjoy the video, you know, just for the the reflection on their on their past. 
but I can't say I ever really enjoyed the song. I don't know about you. I like it. It's a mm. shocker. Um, yeah, the video is very simple and very cool. It's interesting to see you know, Axel's hair tied back um, and, and slashed in a, in a in not a top hat, in a different kind of, I don't even know, like different kind of Western hat, Western cowboy kind of looking hat. But I, I like the lyrics. I always like the, the pacing of it. And it is very, uh, the, the chorus is, is, is really fun. It's, it's easy to sing along to. And to show you, like, my nerddom goes back to, and it doesn't include this, predated this Guns N' Roses podcast that I used to have a live journal. I don't know if you did since we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a live journal was? Or I think it's still in existence. But really before social media was super popular, you had, for those who don't know, live journal was just an, an online journal. And yet you can have mm-hmm. add friends too, and you can read each other's their journal entries. And kind of like MySpace, where you can manipulate the the font and the the background to really personalize it, until you know everything became uniform. Uh, so I would, I, I think I quoted like that was the title of my my live journal was like in in my book of memories. You know, oh, I yeah. still remember that. So yeah, I just thought that was a just a nice song and the pacing. Yeah, lyrically and pacing, it's just a uh, yeah. I'm sorry you don't like it as much as I do, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean. I think it's definitely necessary, you know, definitely has its place on the album, but um, that's probably, you know, if I have to put songs down the list, that would be one of them, but it's definitely necessary and I think it fits perfectly as track number three on Usual Illusion 2, which then leads into Knocking on Heaven's Door, a big song for them, and what was the soundtrack that this was on? Um, in, they're not uh, gonna have door. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. Was it a Tom Cruise film? It's not gonna have door on Tom Cruise film. Jeez, oh. this is why I, I I said at the beginning I'm not an expert. I know a lot. Mm. I, I'm not sure I can look it up now. That it, just it, sort it, of came to me, and I'm like, hang on, is this the wrong song? Yeah, and obviously, well, you know, Live and Let Die was a Bond. Well, Live and Let Die was a Bond song. Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking of. Knocking on Heaven's Door was on the Days of Thunder soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. Okay. With, with Tom Cruise. One I never of my saw favorite. it. Okay. Never saw it? No. No. Oh. Check uh, it out. Tom Cruise. Uh, I, I, I could take him or leave him. There's a few good. Uh, ever since Jerry Maguire. And I, that's it, that's it. I don't know. But, this was before yeah. then. I know. I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't have a Tom Cruise podcast. I don't know everything. No. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. Yeah. Knocking on Heaven's Door. I think ever since, you know, becoming somewhat, you know, having, uh, Roberta Friedman has been on the show, I think, three times. Uh, she's very sweet, nice, Tracy Amos. And knowing that, you know, in the, the live era CD, you know, here's Tracy and Roberta here to help you, you know, uh, or in those Tokyo CDs, like Axel, like I sing one, you sing one. That's right. Oh, yeah. You know, Tracy, you're Tracy and Roberta here to help you. So, I mean, that makes it special, but it's not that now. They don't have the backup singers now. So for me, that's lost a little bit in the live experience. Mm-hmm. But much like Live and Let Die, it's just, for me, overplayed on the radio. So um, it's just, it's a legacy song. They need to have it, need to be played. But just for me personally, I don't I don't need it anymore. Yeah, Guys don't fight. Guys always don't fight. My cats <laughs> are about to fight. This happens during <laughs> my podcast sometimes. <laughs> which has been great. 
Because <laughs> pre-pandemic, I would do a lot of these, these shows at my radio job. But yeah. ever since the pandemic, you know, moved my studio at home and yeah. I got cats fighting. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, and they, they had the, the reggae breakdown in the live version and, you know, it turned into a yeah. pretty long song. But it's cool. I like the cover. I like Slash's solos. But yeah, probably overplayed on the radio. So I don't actively go and seek this one out too much anymore. Um, but this next tune I do, one of my favorites, Get in the Ring. Absolutely love this tune. I mean, yeah, it's not just the lyrical content and having the fun with the, all those journalists, uh, Andy Sector, Prater, you know, Mick Wall, Karang, but just musically, I think it's just an awesome song. Yep. The way he does with his voice and uh, what Slash does on it. And, you know, in this corner, weighing 850 pounds, <laughs> guns and roses. I mean, just all of it. Yeah. I think it's really encompasses what they that band was you know the live experience uh the danger the the fu attitude it was just a just a great song so um i I get personally offended when anybody wants to you know take that off because that's come on get in the ring and on that live journal i told you about i was able to customize my leave a comment uh text and it would say antagonize me (laughs) <laughs> so you know antagonize me motherfucker get in the ring motherfucker that's I'll how much of a nerd i was ass, exactly yeah. exactly so i mean all these all these just great moments of just that one song mm-hmm. yep absolutely one of my favorites and you know i think you know the punk energy definitely shines through on this one even though slash is sort of playing bluesy sort of stuff i guess but I think, yeah, it just encapsulates a lot of what Guns N' Roses is about and um, absolutely one of my favourite tunes. Um, I always chuck it on to to get pumped up or whatever, you know, to wake myself up in the morning on the way to work in the car or crank this one up and I just absolutely love it. Um, next up is Shotgun Blues. Uh, was this a bit of a diss track against Vince Neil after their after Axel and his dust up at uh, the MTV Music Awards in 89. That's, that's what, what they say. Mm. That's what they say. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fun song. Actually, when I think I posted on the anniversary of uh, Use Your Illusion of like what song maybe would you take off and Shotgun Blues got so many votes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell? It's not like I like it. It doesn't have to be your favorite song, but it's a fun song. Yeah. And also because of my, my silly little podcast, I have a I haven't done it in a while, but uh, I have like certain like, different segments at times in addition to interviews. So instead of a, a news segment, as a show should have, but I have to GNRify it. So I would call it Shotgun News oh, instead yeah. of Shotgun Blues. Perfect. And I, so that, that stupid, terrible joke has uh, <laughs> also has helped me endear that song more so to me because. If you, I don't know if you would ever, how many episodes you've listened to, but yeah, it would just be the soundbite, the introduction to the news segment would just be uh, the short clip of the song of Shotgun Blues. And just instead of blues, is me just saying news. News. Like it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. But that's my, my sense of humor. Yeah. But people, it makes people laugh. And now I can't help but think of that when that song comes on. But, but prior to that, I always, yeah. I liked it. It was just mm. a, one of the, another great rock song on, you know, these two albums. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorites up next is Breakdown, one of those um, 
songs with so many layers, so much depth, um, and uh, it's just absolutely one of my favorites. What more can I say, really? One of the best endings to a song, yeah. too, just the way it goes. And that, too, you know, in, in a different way than November Rain was just like, wow, this is what a rock song could be. Like, this is just so epic and and dark. I mean, yeah, you would have what she based a lot, you know, Axel's obviously a fan of Elton John. But, yeah, there are some, you know, uh, there were some Elton, like Funeral for a Friend kind of Elton songs that were kind of dark-ish. But not to the level, obviously, Guns N' Roses is just taking it up to that notch. And it just seemed mm-hmm. like Breakdown would be like, what if Elton John became like real rock, like, you know, became hard rock, you know, yeah. in a way. And that's what, yeah, just a, an amazing song and just yeah. a, an integral part of uh, these two albums. Mm, bit underrated, maybe. Sure. Maybe maybe a bit unknown, like you were mentioning with one of the songs off uh, off number one. I can't remember which one you said, but, you know, the the general music listener will always go for like sweet child or something like that but then there's real hidden gems like like breakdown i believe yeah it's a brilliant song yeah absolutely Mm. like it is a brilliant song and again the the ending to it just what he does with his voice Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just a different now i guess think about you know when doug goldstein he told me the first time he heard guns and roses and uh, i'll save some of it for the the book of course but he like many people, he thought it was two singers. Yeah. And that's just, that's with Axel and Izzy. Just think about what Axel can do himself with all his different, you know, voices. And again, it seems so effortless, yeah. you know, when he does it and the journey of the, the marriage of his voice and the rest of that band, you know, just um, many a road trip, man. Just uh, oh, yeah. love putting on, on that song, uh, Breakdown, when it's, uh, a, you know, I got a, a long trip ahead of me, you know, and that's, not 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 a quick uh, not a quick drugstore run, you know. Mm. It's a it's a nice investment of time. And this next song is pretty cool. I've got to say, pretty tied up, uh, which I believe is a, another Izzy song. And <clears throat> excuse me, and it was another one that I enjoyed live from those Tokyo videos. I'm not sure if they still play it in this set. Um, it's got a really cool vibe. This sort of song of uh, this song and. Um, yeah, I like it. Um, I think Slash's guitar work is phenomenal again. And um, yeah, it's a great tune. It's one of my favorites for sure. And like Bad Obsession, it's a song that I wish I want to hear live. Mm. Um, it's just a fun, it's just a fun song to sing along to and really encapsulates that user illusion era, like pretty tied up. Yeah, I, I just don't think is it doesn't fit the appetite era. Doesn't fit the Chinese democracy era, of course. No, but it's it, it's that user illusion era where it's that added extra that maybe uh, right next door to hell didn't have. Like it's just add that mm-hmm. those extra layers to it where it's a rock and song where, but it's just something that's a little bit more grandiose, and you know that the, the heart, you know Teddy Zigzag man like you can't go wrong with. Mm. You know, Mr. Harmonica. Yeah, it's, it's it's. I love it. Yep, I love it too. And uh, also, I love this next one, Locomotive. This is going to be probably one of my favorites. Just moves along beautifully the whole time. Um, but I think the ending of this song is one of the most. I don't want to say beautiful. Like it's it's a really lovely piece of music at the end of this song with Slash's wah and what Axel's doing with his voice. It just really takes the song out nicely, and I just think it's a 
it's a beautiful piece of music, but the main chunk of the song, you know, the riffs and the drums and moving into Slash's solos, I think it's a it's a great tune and um, definitely one of my favorites. It's right up there with uh, with Breakdown. It's kind of the mm. same thought process of just like, wow, you can do this with a rock song and it really doesn't lose anything. Mm. You know, it doesn't lose the edge, I feel, and it really puts Axel's lyrics, uh, lyrical talent on display. And and just the journey that it's just it's it's it, it'll, it gives enough breathing room to really show what Axel can do and what Slash can do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there are the songs that just punch you in the face and like before you it's before it's over. It's like whoa, I got to listen to that again. Yeah, but like after uh, Locomotive uh, or Breakdown, it's like you need a cigarette after. It's like whoa, okay, I guess had that experience. That that was, <laughs> that was, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, great tune. But yeah, the ending for me just really, really tops it off. It's just such a nice piece of music and um, it's almost, I don't know, it's almost not very Guns N' Roses-y sort of thing. I, I can't even explain what I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, great song, great ending and one of my favourites. And then um, from there we move on to So Fine, which is... Um, I believe a Duff McKagan song dedicated to Johnny Thunders. Yeah, Duff on display here. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I think it's a nice it's a nice break where you're on this journey. You know, assuming you're listening to it, you know, from Musical Illusion one track one, which I guess what we're doing now, and then all of a sudden you just get this ballad with Duff and Axel doing yeah. kind of a backup vocals. So it's. I, I really like the experiment with it and uh, it belongs there. Like it's yep. just, um, it's a nice curveball. It, it yep. really is. It fits like it's not a complete curveball, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it was really cool. And, and put Duff on display because yep. it, it I, I didn't, to me, that was Duff up until like Attitude came out on, on the spaghetti incident and yeah. you know, all the things he would do later. But I'm like, oh, Duff can kind of sing, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Absolutely. And uh, it's got some really nice, warm slide solos from slash in this song too that i really really dig so big props to slash again on this one as well yeah absolutely yep and then the big epic estranged is up next axel's big monster ballad which is kind of cool in the booklet he axel actually thanks slash for the killer guitar melodies i thought that was really cool it is and i mentioned you know, if you're going to have a cigarette after a uh, breakdown and locomotive, I mean, this, I don't even know. You just now, mm-hmm. you need to take a nap after, you know, it's estranged with every, the emotions that go into it and the ride that goes into it and just the, you know, old at heart, you know, but I'm only 28. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you. When I turned 28, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I, I can identify with this song. Oh, uh, and I joked this year, I don't know if you did, I'm old at heart, but I'm only 38. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh it's epic. It really mm-hmm. is. If you want to look to what uh Axel and and I guess Guns N' Roses at their peak epicness mm-hmm. and grandiose. I mean, yeah, the video of course with the dolphins and the aircraft. <laughs> yeah. It's just it happened. It needed to happen. It yeah. happens. People need to get over it. Like, oh, why the dolphins? Look, what do you have against Flipper? All right, he mm-hmm. won the slip. It's this Look, he had the money at the time. I'm like, you know, sure he saw the money. This was his vision. Uh, we're still talking about it 30 years later. Yep. And obviously, musically, it's it's fantastic. It's interesting. You know, it never hit like how uh, 
November rain hit, but you know, that I, I got to say, you know, to the hardcore Guns N' Roses fan, that's usually the answer I get as their favorite song is, mm-hmm. is estranged. So to the hardcore Guns N' Roses fan, that's probably their usually more often than not. That's their favorite song. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's one of my favorites. Um, I can probably do without the video. Like I know, like you said, it had to happen, but it's not one of the songs that I'll go watch the video so I can enjoy the song. I can enjoy the song just as it is without the video with this one. Um, and it's another one, like a just such a massive song on the CD or the album, but somehow they managed to pull it off live as well. You know, it's just such a, a massive song, but again, they just they just pull it off live like they did on those Tokyo videos. You know, it was very, they probably hadn't been playing that song for very long, but they nailed it, you know, like the total pros they are. So um, Love Slash's guitar work in this one, he's all over it. He's all over both of these albums, and that's that always inspired me, you know, reading his autobiography, you know, he'd talk about going into the studio, having to you know, come up with parts for these 30-odd songs and um, just the work ethic that would have gone into it. I always sort of think of that when I go into the studio myself and, um, yeah, he just inspires me big time, Slash. So, uh, but yeah, he's all over this song. So one of my yeah, favourites. Yeah. Coming out coming out of the water, you know, the, mm. the guitar solo in the water. <laughs> I think I, I just, I, I wish, I don't know who made this meme originally. I would credit them if I could, but... You know, I just saw this picture as I go. To, sometimes it's in the uh, the Google Guns N' Roses rabbit hole. I can see this this picture of this dude playing like an acoustic guitar in like an ocean. You know, just like the pick. And mm-hmm. and I I was like, is this the estranged challenge? Is this what we're gonna? You know, do you need to go in the water? You know, Craig, and, and, <laughs> and play the estranged and post it on TikTok? Is that how? We're, you know, Maybe, maybe you need to do that. Do it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other part in that video? I think it was one of his solos. He's like sliding along at the front of the Roxy or, or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so. like, a, it's like a water conveyor belt. It's, it's bananas, <laughs> really bananas. And, yeah. uh, but it's, it needed to happen. It's part of their legacy and well, what makes them guns and roses. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing, but yeah, the song itself is, uh, it's epic. It's great. It's epic. Yep, absolutely. And I think that video cost them $4 million, which, you know, is, is a lot now, but it would have been even more back then. So sure. definitely worth it. And uh, next up is arguably my oh, top three favorite tracks of guns of all time is You Could Be Mine. I absolutely love this song. I love everything about it. I love that it featured in Terminator 2. And Arnold's in the video. I just love that whole that whole thing mashed together. One of my favorite tunes. How about you? Same here. You know, I'll yeah. hear that a lot from like the radio people that I work with who play Guns N' Roses as often as I might do. Uh, that you could be mine is like the favorite. Yeah. And just the way that you know Sorum comes into it. Yeah. Uh, the association with Terminator Two. Us being the same age. I mean, yep. John Connor was the coolest kid. You know, and, and doing that was just made it awesome. And uh, the fact that Arnold and Axel, I think, are, are friends, like actual friends. I think there was a picture, or at least they're like, you know, they're friendly acquaintances. I don't know if they, uh, you know, they, they, they text each other, but yeah. the fact that, that a relationship came from that is, uh, is pretty special. And the song is amazing. It really is. The, the ending, which I can never sing along to because it goes too fast, or I just, 
you know, I, I butcher it like the typical like karaoke singer butchers uh, an, an original, but it's a it's a special song. It really is, and um, yeah, that's a legacy song, man. That's just like when if anyone tries to be like Guns N' Roses sucks, you know, like you could be mine. All right, fine. You know, you could be mine. Everyone, let's just come on. That's like one of the, the best you know outputs. Just think about that though. It's it's one of those. It could have been on uh, Appetite, I think. Yeah, it fits that era. So I think it's for those who poo-poo the illusions of being too grandiose. Uh, they they fall in love with you. Could be mine. That's that's that song. Yeah, because it, it was written in the Appetite days, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that's that's what uh, I love about Axel, and it's interesting when people are complaining about the the, the recent quote-unquote new songs with mm. uh, Hard School and Absurd. Oh, they weren't written now. So many of it, the songs that you know weren't written when they came out. We already mm. spoke about Don't Cry and November Rain. And so, I mean, this Axel, he's, this is why he's Axel. This is why yeah. we're, we're talking about his, uh, his works of art all these years later. Why I've decided to dedicate a podcast to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't try and understand him. Just, just go with it. Axel's yeah, going to be Axel no matter what. And that's why we love him. So... Um, but yeah, absolutely. You could be mine. One of my favorite tracks. It's just, just a great rock song. I love it when it comes on the radio. Um, and it's definitely a go-to for me. I'll, I'll make the effort to skip ahead and, uh, and put that one on for sure. And then that one's followed by don't cry with the alternate lyrics, which we sort of touched on earlier. Um, take it or leave it. It's on there, you know, and skip it. And I will say on my initial uh, usual illusion to CD, uh, you could be mine ended up being like scratched. So yeah. it's, I always ended up, ended up skipping that song because it wouldn't play. Cause I, whatever. Now I'm all digital baby. So anyway. Yeah, exactly. Me too. <laughs> uh, and then closes with, uh, with my world. So, and there you have it. You've got two, two massive albums. <sighs> full of uh brilliant songs um all very different songs uh a very special time in music two albums that were very important to my upbringing and um you know they're still very close to my heart obviously and dare i say you would say the same thing what what more can you say about these two albums really absolutely it's you know i kind of always feel that yeah it's obviously two albums but for me, it's one. Like you can't have one without the other kind of yeah. thing. And you know, I, sometimes I'll give the, uh, the the cheeky answer of like, you know, what's your favorite Guns N' Roses album? And I'll be like, well, what if it's like I say, use your illusion mm. in, in total, and just say that. But you know, if it's twice as many or whatever the songs as Appetite, you know, Appetite could be the easy. Um, answer but yeah use your illusion is um, that, that's what i say about it that's why i yeah. mean i don't you know if you if you want to cut these down right now i i got i got to play the fifth i gotta say like you know even with uh the alt lyrics in my world i'm not i don't want to take anything out so mm. i don't know are you, are you holding a gun to my head right now i don't <laughs> see one no and i think the fact that they were released on the same day gives you know it's more of a one album sort of vibe it's not like they were released a few months apart or even weeks apart. They were actually released on the same day. So I tend to agree with you. Uh, it's a package deal. It's all good. You're going to have some favourites and some not so favourites like 
like I do, but um, it's all it's all part of the it's all part of the package, um, and uh, absolutely love them. So you know, I just wish, uh, as we said before, I got to experience mm. that at midnight. You know, when they were were released. So I think I actually didn't say I wanted to. I wanted to experience that with Chinese democracy. Mm. So when I went to Best Buy, you know, what was it? October or you know, November 23rd, rather, because it's interesting. Uh, uh, Chinese democracy uh, lies and live hour are all released on November 23rd. Again, one of those, those are one of the meaningless details I've learned from doing the podcast. Yeah. So when I went there, you know, uh, October, to, uh, excuse me, November 23rd, 2008, and Best Buy, I'm like thinking there's going to be a line. No, there's no line for Chinese democracy. No, I wish there was. I mean, I asked, uh, you know, uh, I asked the, the checkout lady. I was like, Did, "Are people coming to buy this record?" And, oh yeah, some people have been buying this record today, but it wasn't like those videos you would see them out, uh, lined up outside of, um, you know, Tower Records. Yeah, but whatever. At, at midnight. I love it. At midnight. So I yeah. didn't get that experience. But regardless of. And it still had a profound effect on my life. So yeah, yeah, I love looking at that sort of footage. Um, I think the same was, you know, with the Black Album by Metallica. Just seeing everyone line up at midnight, just like I wish, yeah, I wish I could have experienced that too. It was just such a a special time in music. And now, you know, we just have to open our phones and open Spotify, and your your new albums there, which is great. But you know, this was a, a different era as a music fan and um you know and this song you know even though with the huge sales it was actually i think it was banned from walmart and uh one of your other main stores there on its release but still managed to sell you know what it did so just goes to show how big the band was at that time you know nothing was going to stop their success no and I'll, i'll just say that i think it's amazing uh the artwork always, always, excuse me, always grabbed me. The artwork, the original painting by Raphael, uh, the School of Athens, what it's yes. called. All of the, you know, the philosophers, the great philosophers of our time, uh, Socrates and Plato and, you know, Aristotle. And, and, and that's why I got that tattoo, you know, that, that one, which I believe is just a student mm-hmm. writing down and just to highlight that student. And that's what, just the deep, you know, meaning to that, the levels. I'm just, it was more than any other rock band, more than just, mm. yeah, we have a cool cover, but just wow to, to learn about that. To learn. So that's, that's what also another thing to, I can say about these, these two albums or one album, if you're going to be cheeky like me. Well, thank you, Brando. I uh, really appreciate, appreciate you coming on to the podcast. It was great to, to have you on and um, help me break down these two albums. I mean, we could go on for days, you know, sure. literally talking about the tour and everything that surrounded the album. Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe we can do this again at some stage and go off in a different GNR direction. But today it's about um, celebrating the 30th anniversary of these two brilliant or one brilliant album package deal and uh yeah please everybody tuning in go and check out brando's podcast appetite for distortion he has some really great guests on there and he does a great job and i really thank you for coming on today brando it's been a pleasure to to talk to you and um i really hope we can do this again at some stage 
Yeah, no, no problem. I, um, I definitely appreciate it. So if people want to follow at the AFD podcast on Twitter, I mean, I'm on all the social media, uh, on all the, not TikTok. I'll screw that. So I'm on (laughs) Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube channel. So, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, yeah, I have some lengthy interviews, but I've been starting to put some like bite-sized fun clips, you know, like to hear Alice Cooper talking about the garden, to hear Mm. Bob Gucci Jr. talking about getting the ring in these two minute bite-sized clips are, are fun. And in the future, cause in addition to just interviews, I've had fans, uh, plenty of fans on the show and what we've, what I started doing, especially in the pandemic were show reviews. So when you, Guns N' Roses tour Australia again, you know, I'm going to put it out there. I want Guns N' Roses fans, Australian Guns N' Roses fans. They give their review of Guns N' Roses when they come down there just to talk mm-hmm. about the show and the good time that you had. And, uh, I'll, maybe I'll do cause I know they've had a big history in Australia, you know, with some Epic concerts and maybe do an episode dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, many different ways, uh, to take it. So, and yeah. I, I definitely appreciate it. And oh, I, I will just say this cause it's in my head. Uh, as anyone, have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? I know yeah. it's totally rare. Yeah. Not for a while, but yeah. Okay. And this is a compliment. You look like the, uh, the actor <laughs> that when they, when she, they took Uma Thurman when she was overdosed to the house and you could see, I, I can't remember his name. The Eric redhead. Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've had that uh, before actually. <laughs> all right. I think it's a good thing. He's a good actor. You know, he made out with a uh, gigolo and Anaconda. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. Well, I've had, uh, I've had David Spade before, so I think I'll, mm, I'll, I'll take the that. Eric Stoltz one over that one. So thank you. I appreciate that. No and, problem. um, <laughs> yeah, you just made me think of um, uh, Gunner's Australian gigs. I was going to do an episode on the uh, infamous Calder Park show where Skid Row opened. Did, you probably would have heard about that. I think it was in 1993. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's so much surrounding that gig. So maybe we can uh, we can join forces again one day and, and yeah. cover that show because, yeah, that's a, that's a, a really interesting... Uh, moment in time and uh it was a massive gig and um yeah there's a lot of people that have got personal experience with that one so yeah i'm gonna put it out can there. chat off air about that yeah sure that's been one of the great things about one of the great things about the podcast is talking to guns roses fans all over the world and getting mm-hmm. different perspectives and just it's as exciting as if i experienced it so yeah let's, let's talk about that because that's something there are plenty of great guns and roses stories that don't don't necessarily need to come from guns and roses themselves yeah. We need the fans have great Guns N' Roses stories. So I want to I want to be a platform for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you are, so I thank you for that. And um, I encourage everyone to go and check out Appetite for Distortion. We better let you go, Brando. Thank you very much for your time, mate. It's uh, been a pleasure to talk to you, and I hope we can do it again soon. You got it. Good day, mate. <laughs> we'll work on that we'll work on that <laughs> thanks thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you again soon for another episode of Fox on the Wire thank you very much thank you.